welcome back to the Music Corner of Data Waits. My name is Nate. It's your boy Trent. Brought to you by Sebastian Stefanoff. And today is the day we have top 10 albums of 2020. It's here. It's been a year. And we're ready to do this shit. But before we do, we are going to do an encore presentation of album reviews. We only have a couple today that we're briefly going to go over because they were albums that, you know, came out recently this month that was somewhat worth talking about, at least. Um, and the first one we'll do here is we'll go over the Taylor Swift album. Uh, I'll let Sebastian start off with that one. So, uh, yeah, I actually have more to say about Taylor Swift uh, than the new Kid Cudi album, surprisingly enough. Um, only because my sister is a huge uh, Swifter, whatever the fan group is called. Um, but needless to say, this is a pretty okay follow-up to Folklore. Uh, I, I know I was very generous with Folklore. I know a lot of people weren't. They're, like, just tired of Taylor Swift at this point, which... I do understand. There's a bit of a burnout with having her always fucking everywhere, you know, and I get it, but at the same time, she's still an artist, and I still think she creates pretty good songs from time to time. Um, you know, this had me kind of wishing it had more of the indie folk style that she went with on the last album. Uh, definitely a little bit more Lana Del Rey with this uh, effort. You know, I can definitely hear it with just the very whispery vocals and, like, the very, uh, very, I guess you can say, like, bare-bones recording sound, I guess, if you can kind of consider it that. Um, other than that, I heard some, like, fearless-sounding tracks off of uh, even songs like Dorothy, which reminded me a lot of songs that were, like, you know, uh, You Belong to Me and uh, Mean as well, like, older, older Taylor Swift, I... I got a reminder of with this album um i also really like the song no nobody no crime sorry about that i had a little uh <laughs> a little saliva in my throat there um but yeah i really liked nobody no crime uh featuring Haim. i really like the story behind it you know it's about like basically a friend overhearing how shitty their uh boyfriend is and uh basically the friend of the uh girlfriend of the guy who's being shitty kills the boyfriend and it's from that perspective i think that's pretty cool um you know other than that you have a lot of very uh taylor swift writing moments you know where she uses a lot of big words that just sound very shakespearean for no reason and you're like oh okay well, I mean, yeah, you're writing pop music, but you're trying to make it sound like, uh, you know, a stage production. But, okay, whatever. Um, the National uh, were heavily featured in folklore as a uh, just co-writer and just co-instrumental features. But in this album, they do make a actual big feature in the... Uh, I forgot what song it was, but they, they were on a bigger song for this album. And... Um, they have a very interesting line on it and i remember it's like taylor talking about like she's like living a memory of going downstairs and it's just nostalgia painted and uh the national comes in with a very garth brooks sounding deep droney voice saying it's a big cake happy birthday and i don't know why i remember that particular line 
but it's it's weird. It's kind of it's kind of meme worthy in some aspects. Uh, other than that, it's just very slow, typical Taylor shit. Um, I wish she could have, like I said, used more of the traditional instruments, but you know what? For making two albums in a year, this is pretty okay compared to the big smash known as folklore. I give it a good seven out of ten. All right, good shit. Yeah, um, it's Taylor Swift for me, and nothing has changed since my folklore uh, review. It's just you know, except for this one. In this case, I just I couldn't sit through an entire album once again dedicated to the whole indie alternative folky rock pop kind of thing whatever you want to call it um i and it sucks though because i mean i might have even said this for folklore but like the album cover aesthetic is just amazing and it's like the best thing i can even say about taylor swift because album covers like that were just like you know like actual like photos literally of just some sort you know that just looks like oh my god this is like so aesthetic this is such a such a vibe you know that's i like that i genuinely like when albums are like that and more times than none i genuinely enjoy the album as well when that happens but I mean, it's Taylor Swift's music. It's still not appealing to me. Her voice to me is still... I still feel the same way I do about her voice, where it's just like, you know, it's not the worst thing I've ever heard in my life, but it's definitely just like, I can't tolerate it. No pun intended, (laughs) because there's a song called Tolerated on the album. But, like, I... No, I... I don't have much else to say about that, unfortunately. I will have more to say on the next album here, but... Yeah, unfortunately, this one is just, that's all I got, you know. Uh, Trent, you said, unfortunately, you didn't get around to this one earlier. That is correct. I did not get around to either of them, uh, because uh, with work stuff and, you know, Christmas around the corner, I've been worrying about all that stuff. Um, But no, I mean, I honestly, uh, the Taylor Swift one, I don't think I would have liked... because I, I, one of my friends is a huge Taylor Swift fan, and we were talking about it, and I was like, oh, it's just going to be our last album 2.0 or whatever. Um, <laughs> um, but, yeah, I I might go and listen to it if I get a free day, you know, after Christmas, just kind of, kind of chilling. I'll probably go listen to it. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. All right, cool. Well, then with that out of the way, let's get to the new Kid Cudi album, Man on the Moon 3 the chosen guys i gotta confess here i've never listened to a kid cuddy album i know i know have you even oh yeah, have you heard of kid cuddy though oh of course i mean pursuit of happiness amazing song okay okay i was gonna say if you have not heard pursuit of happiness what are you doing? right right exactly that I... is like that that's one of my childhood bro Right, right, and it's, like, so funny, because, like, I never listened to Kid Cudi even as, like, a child or, like, even teenager that much, but, like, that song, like, no matter what, because you've heard it before, even as a kid, whether it's on the radio or something, and it's, like, it does have a nostalgic feel to it, for sure. I love yeah. that one. That one, and then, um, oh, what's the other one that he's really known for? Oh, Day and Night. Day and Night. Day and Night, yeah. Yeah, because, mm. like, my, my memory of Pursuit of Happiness is I'm sitting downstairs, uh, at my grandpa's uh with my sister's barbie pink radio uh on 97.5 or not 97 96.5 um that's the radio station over here um and it's playing pursuit of happiness and playing legos <laughs> you know <laughs> building shit that's why i remember that song absolutely but yeah so this album is the first one that i've listened to in its entirety by kid cuddy 
and uh, I'm genuinely surprised how much I love this album. It is absolutely incredible. There's so much to this album that is just, it sticks out so much. I know that this album has like four uh, acts to it, so to say, uh, so to speak, such as uh, Return to Madness, The Rager, The Menace, Heart of Rose Gold, and Powers, which makes sense because those are the points in the albums that definitely like has a change in sound to it in some way or another. Um, but yeah, like from the first track, Tequila Shots, it just, it took me in right away like the way he raps and everything and his flow is throughout this entire album is just something that has like i was saying earlier with like you know pursuit of happiness it's got a very nostalgic feel to it uh from tequila shots to another day and then she knows this is just probably like the catchiest song on the entire album if not that one then uh shows out which features skepta and pop smoke when it's just oh both of those songs are absolutely incredible. And then, like, I love... Uh, this isn't really a popular opinion from what I've heard from, uh, at least, like, you know, Anthony Fantano and probably other music uh, people as well, but nobody seemed to like Elsie's Baby Boy flashback, uh, which features a sample from the movie uh, Stand By Me. Definitely an uh, excellent movie right there if you've never seen that one. But to that one, I, it just... I don't want to keep saying it's a nostalgic feel to it, but it definitely does give me vibes from, like, being a kid or something, or just, like, you know somebody that, like, you know, it just gives, it reminds you of somebody in particular, and I, that might have been what he was going for with that song, I mean, he even says flashback in the name, so, like, you would think it's something to do with, like, something from the past, but, yeah, that one was actually one that, like, stuck out to me, like, a lot, even, too, despite it not being... Uh, too popular amongst at least Anthony Vantano. Uh, Mr. Solo Dolo 3, I also really enjoyed as well. The Void, oh, that song too. If you want to like get in your feels and like, you know, just vibe, that is the song to go to. The Void is mwah, such a beautiful take. And honestly, I also love the other features as well too. Loving Me, which featured Phoebe Bridgers, which I listened to her album. We didn't get to that on the podcast, but it's, it's pretty decent if you like uh, indie rock want to check that out and you haven't yet and she's like blowing up right now too with that one in the indie rock community so shout out to her and then also we have a trippy red feature on rockstar nights which i thought was pretty solid too i mean still don't get all the hate that goes on trippy red lately but like i think he's solid you know but uh hey i'm uh no critic here just reviewing albums uh, really <laughs> quick i just want to throw in um is it bad that I still have not watched one single Anthony Fantano video? No, I mean, hey, you, <laughs> the only thing you're missing is memes at that point. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I know, I know the damn body yeah. thing. Like everybody knows that. <clears throat> uh, but I don't. That's just something that I don't really, I don't don't really watch. I watch a lot of different content, but like I, because we do music stuff, I don't look at music stuff. It's just, it's one of those things that's in my head that I don't do. Right, that's um, fair. But, but no, no, it's good. Cool, yeah. Yeah, to wrap it up basically here, I absolutely love this album. It was incredible, and, you know, I'm going to say it here. This is my first 10 out of 10. I loved it that much. It was an excellent album. All I got to say. Really? 10 out of 10. Not even fucking around. That album was mwah, wow. Mwah. 
You yeah, you haven't given a ton of odds on this year. Mm-hmm. Have you? The highest was nine and a half for Deftones wow. and Dance Game and Dance. Yep. Nope. Bro, King Cuddy <sighs> over Dance Gavin Dance. I you, you you think you wouldn't have seen the day, but it has come. Wow. And that may take into effect later in this episode. But <laughs> but we might we will find out later. Sebastian, what did you think of this album? So, uh, I'm a huge Kid Cudi fan, and obviously it's, you know, Cleveland boys and everything. We we all grew up with Kid Cudi in some way or another. <laughs> we played know, basketball with him just down the street. That's what I'm saying, you know? We all we all know a guy who knows a guy who just, you know, may know a guy, you know? It, it's all that kind of stuff, but... Um, yeah, so, uh, Kid Cudi with me, obviously, like everyone, he's had some pretty good hits. He's had some pretty big misses. But, you know, the boy is still fighting. He's still going through that day and night, you know? The lonely stoner out here, he's just trying to seize the moment, you he's know? Still he's still that speeding bullet to heaven. Whether or not you <laughs> want to mention that, you know? Uh, yeah, it, Kid Cudi's definitely had a lot of prominence within hip-hop and rap. And, you know, honestly, he's also a huge... I guess you can say a huge stepping stone into my taste of rap and hard and R&B. Definitely a huge trendsetter for me. But with that all being said, I was not that big of a fan of this album. Uh, his Man on the Moon uh, albums have been stellar, uh, have been amazing for me. But it's because of that inner hype that I kind of expected a different sound to come in with this. Not saying that the sound he chose was bad, because he just wanted to modernize himself, which I think he did really, really well. Uh, The man is juggling very new trap, uh, I guess you can say, like, sounds that are similar to Trippy Red and, um, you know, of course, Astroworld Boy himself, um... Uh, shit, Travis Scott. Almost <laughs> I, I Literally says the album. And, uh, oh, who was that by? Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ, that was bad. Uh, so yeah, it, I, I like Kid Cudi overall, but with this sound, I I don't think he, I don't think the the new style really fits the Man on the Moon sound as I'm used to, and because of that, I didn't really like it myself too much. There were some great tracks, of course. Tequila Shots, I really enjoyed that one. I really liked Dive a lot as well from the album. Uh, And even the Trippy Red feature I thought was amazing. And Trippy Red has been a pretty prominent part of my uh, enjoyment this year. I'm I'm surprised you say that because I I used to think his music was just cookie cutter as shit. But coming onto it this year, I guess 2020 was a birth of originality for the man. Um, you know, I also really do like Solo Dolo Part 3 quite a lot. It reminded me a lot of a track off of Kid See Ghost, which was a uh, feature with uh, Kanye, of course. And everyone knows that one is highly praised to all hell, and I think it definitely deserves so. But, um, yeah, this is by far one of his best in a, in years. I'm not saying it's my personal favorite, but... I think it's his best in years because the guy is just on point. I would say 98% of the time here, you know, he doesn't really miss a beat. It's just, for me, it's not my thing, but I can still respect the album. So that's why I'm going to put it at 7 out of 10 because personal enjoyment only goes so far. 
but I still have to give credit where credit is due and say this was a beautifully made album, and it really did a damn good job, especially coming out this late in the year. For sure. Absolutely. Well, yeah, there you have it. There's a couple little encore album reviews for you people, but uh, coming up next year is the top 10 albums of 2020 from your boys. But before we do that, let's have a word from our sponsor. And we are back. Here we go. This is going to be our top 10 albums of 2020. Before we get into that right away, we have honorable mentions. And I'm going to have Trent start us off with his. All right. Um, I have three honorable mentions because uh, we decided on having three. Uh, we had two, or at least I had two, for the um, songs. And albums is really hard. Songs is probably the easiest thing because you can just go oh yeah i really like that song I like that song too that song has this that and it's you're only picking one but you're picking an entire album you know 13 14 even like 25 songs and you really have to look at the entire album and i actually had to switch a few albums <laughs> before <laughs> we started recording um just because I, I took an overall look at the year and i was like what have i listened to this year what is on my main playlist what's on my side playlist my rap playlist you know everything like that um, so I really just took a deep dive into the year. Um, so starting out with my three honorable mentions at, um, I'm going to do this by the, so number 13, uh, would be the Acacia strain, uh, because we all know that was a banger album. My favorite song, uh, Chinamasta is a God tier song. I don't even think that, did that make it on my list? That did not make it on my list for songs. Uh, but it was an amazing song. Album overall, really amazing. Solid work by Acacia strain. I've always loved Acacia strain. Um, and I'm glad that it took, you know, one of my honorable mention spots because it really was a great album. And I'm sad I could I still cannot find the fucking vinyl of it. <laughs> I'm so oh, mad. Seriously? Oh, damn. <laughs> yeah. I checked the exchange like fucking ten times. I still don't have it. Ugh. Uh, but, you know, it's okay. It happens. Uh, at some point, I'll probably get my hands on it. But, no, it's, it's all right. I really just want the fucking poster inside of it. Oh, I know, right? The long one with the different like the changing of the fucking background and shit yeah because oh, yeah. that is so sick i told my girlfriend about it and she was like that is really cool mm -hmm. so, yeah because like i always love uh vinyl that like has something in it like the we are not your kind one it had the um um like different pictures of them uh so like all their masks and everything and like different stuff like the church and everything from and saint it was really cool right um number 12 shoreline mafia uh, really, uh, a honestly great upcoming. Uh, I know we talked a lot about them and how we thought that their album was really fucking good. Mm -hmm. Um, because like it, it was a different style than what we're used to, but let's see what was it, it was. Yeah. Mafia business. They also came out with a deluxe edition, which I was not aware of. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. Um, I'm, I just looked them up. Um, Honestly, greatest thing about this album was all the people that wanted to be on it, you know, like Kodak, Wiz, Lil Yachty, like you have all those big names that want to be on, you know, this upcoming album. And it really just it really gives you a perspective of the rap community, how tight people are in it. And the album overall, fucking amazing, great flows, great beats throughout the entire thing. Like we said, you know, the last you know, a few songs of the album kind of fell off a little bit, but you know, that happens in an album. Mm -hmm. Most of the time, you know, 
you, you get used to the sound or you kind of get bored of the sound after a while. But I mean, it's the last few tracks of the album. A lot of people like the Grammys don't listen to the last few songs of the album. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, there's that one. Uh, please go check them out. Great upcoming. So uh, at number 11, we have Satyr's Locus. Um, I love that album. Uh, I know we talked about it uh, being um, prog and everything, and I'm a big prog guy, always have been. Um, and this album, I talked very highly of. Um, oh, they released an instrumental of it. Ooh, that's nice. I didn't know that. Big nut. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I'm a big instrumental guy, always am. <laughs> um, but no, this album was really just oh so good instrumentals fucking amazing you know the as nate put it the whittly whittlies the whittly whittly always good uh the drums amazing work everything about this um i really would love to see Sater just pop off in the prog community because um i'm i'm glad that i could have you know two upcoming bands in my uh, honorable mentions because it's it's good to hear when you're like, oh, somebody really appreciates, you know, what we're doing. Um, and any line of work that you're doing, somebody said, you know, I really love it, really appreciate it. Um, but yeah, Seder, Shoreline Mafia, Acacia Strain, all amazing job. I know Acacia Strain is not an upcoming band. <laughs> right. <clears throat> but Shoreline Mafia and Seder. But I mean, lately, so, to be fair, though, with the Acacia Strain, I mean, like, they kind of like... You know, for a while... Kind of fell off a little bit. Right, they were repetitive, kind of fell off. But this one, like, it kind of put them back up there, I'd say, at least. Honestly, yeah, it did. It really put them back up there. And I'm really... I'm losing my voice here. Really... (laughs) (laughs) Jesus Christ. You good, homie? (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah, I'm good. Holy crap. Dude, we're all like dying voice wise. Yeah, today. we're all dying. Right, this is well, it. I had, I was over at my girlfriend's yesterday with a, uh, a few people, and we were doing uh, Phoenix Wright, Ace Attorney. We're all voicing the characters. Oh. Okay. Um, I don't know if you guys have ever done that. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Oh my god, dude, my voice was gone. I did somebody in like a Russian accent, and then I did the judge in Captain Price's accent. So like, I you know the. Closing of the throat and the strain on the throat was so bad. I think I went through a whole gallon of green tea by myself to try and help that. Damn. <laughs> um, but no, uh, yeah, a case of strain, not really upcoming. But yeah, I think that album put them back on the back on the map, as they say. But yeah, that's my um, honorable mentions: Seder, Shoreline Mafia, and a case of strain. Fucking amazing. Good shit, Sebastian. What do you got for your honorable mentions? Sorry, I forgot to unmute myself. Uh, so, with my honorable mentions, I also have three as well. Uh, you know, with this one, I came up with this one a little bit last minute because I only had two, but I wanted to add a third. So, um, I added my newest edition. I added Barry Tomorrow. Uh, Barry Tomorrow's Cannibal. I Dude, really I thought about album. adding that one. I thought I kept thinking about it like yeah it it kept appearing throughout my playlist all year I kept listening to it I'm like I didn't expect it to like it as much as I did but by the end of it yeah it's definitely higher than like top 20 yeah but uh other than that I have uh Childish Gambino's 31520 oh hell yeah um 
I liked it overall. I just, I, I, I gave it more time than I originally did when I first listened to it, and it grew on me. Honestly, um, you know, I, I, I think there's a great concept behind it. I think it has a lot of good, like, you know, um, a lot of artificial mystery behind it. You know, I, I, I liked it, and overall, it's Childish Gambino, so I. I, I'm probably gonna gravitate towards it no matter how many times. Like I'll, I'll force myself to it one way or another, like I did with Awaken My Love, because I hated it when I first listened to it. But after really, like, oh yeah, there was a couple of songs that I just did not like, and it kind of influenced my whole viewing of the album. But I'm like, God, I like so many individual tracks on this, and yes, I don't like a couple of them, but that shouldn't like dictate the whole album. Yeah. You know, That's uh, and then my third one is Jacob Collier's Jesse Three. I was going to include it, and obviously, if I would have, it's not an album that we reviewed this year. I totally forgot to mention it to the guys. Uh, Jacob Collier is one of my favorite artists right now. He is an alien. All I gotta say, that man <laughs> is one of the most talented musicians to ever have existed. I'm sorry to say, like it, watching him perform whether it be live on YouTube, on TikTok, on Instagram, it's a spectacle. The man has so much talent within every fiber of him. And I honestly hope he sweeps the fucking uh, Grammys this year because he deserves it. Like, honestly, out of every artist that I've mentioned on the Oscars, I, I think he deserves it just as much as anyone else, if not more. The Just Say 3 has a lot of great features on it. Um, you know, going into it, there's a uh, Ty Dolla Sign, surprisingly enough, who had a great one. Daniel Caesar, who's a huge, awesomely talented vocalist, um, also has T Pain on a song or two, and I love T Pain, so anything he's on, I'm probably gonna like. Um, yeah, and then they also have Tori Kelly on there as well. A lot of great artists working on this, and not to mention Jacob Collier does all the instrumentals and all the backing vocals as well so the guy is just uberly talented and this album is truly a crock pot of talent that's all i gotta say good shit here's his honorable mentions for mine oh i had so many albums even in my honorable mentions alone so like this is kind of tough for me but like it was funny trent because like I have three different, like, pages, basically, of honorable mentions. And on mm -hmm. the first page was the Acacia Strain. And on the second one was Shoreline Mafia. And, like, you mentioned both of those back to back. I'm like, oh, shit, if he picks one on my third page, this is going to be wild. But fortunately, <laughs> it didn't get to that one. But I just thought that was so funny. Um. Anyway, so the first one I'll say for my honorable mentions, I'm going to put uh, Boston Manor's Glue. Uh, which is probably going to be a surprise because that was actually one of their, like, not too well-received albums from, like, most of... Not, I wouldn't even say, like, their fan base, but just, like, their fucking... Like, the genre. Uh, like, people are just like, oh, this album's shit. It's, like, one of the worst albums. I'm like, it's actually really good. Like, I, I tend to go back to that one more than even, like, some of my top ten albums of this year. Um, surprisingly, at least. But, like, it, it does tend to, like, fall off towards the end there, which is why I'm kind of like, eh, it doesn't really deserve the top ten 
crown but no it's still a very good album like the first half is some of like the best material the band has ever written i'd say and it's super catchy going from like you know punk and hard rock and just post hardcore very good album very excellent work uh my next one black eyed peas translation that album was absolutely fantastic i loved it the moment i heard it i gave it a very positive review on the episode we reviewed it it was it was great. It's such a good album, and it just surprises me because it's the fucking Black Eyed Peas. You would not think that, like, you know, they would come out with such a banger of an album, but, like, here they are making an album that's better than even, like, their big hits, you know? It, it surprises me. So, yeah, it's I love the Latin pop sound to it. It's absolutely incredible. And finally, um, I think I'm going to do... Pale Face Chapter 3, The Last Selection. I don't have too many heavy albums included in in general in my list this year. This is probably the first year where, like, not a lot of heavy albums are included. But this was by far the heaviest album of this year. I It was absolutely insane. I did not expect to hear such a raw, beat-down sound with deathcore and slam shit all around. It's... Whew, it's quite an album. It's a roller coaster of a ride, dude. It's oh, please check it out if you want some heavy music in your life because that album was nuts, so good. That was fucking solid. Oh. I I th- I added scalpel to my uh, everyday playlist. Really? Oh, I added the whole album. Oh no, for me is no. There. I added it to my uh, since like when I played SA2, I added it to my uh, Gambit Crucible uh, because that's PVP. Mm. So like. Yeah, my Gambit Crucible playlist is like I have the Who, Travis, Paleface, uh, <laughs> One Click Headshot by Feed Me. That's a throwback. Um, got all you got all, the hits all over the place. Oh yeah, I've got Eminem, Cannibal Corpse, Meshuggah, uh fucking Roddy Rich. I'm like I, I, I like a big spectrum when I'm playing PvP like that, um, or just you know some games in general. I really just like having a mix of like metal and. Uh, hip-hop and edm and stuff because listening to one genre while i'm playing a game it really just kind of messes with me Mm -hmm. um because like i get in that mindset like it it shows in game like if i'm you know talking to people in game and like i'm like you know listening to straight metal it's like fuck you (laughs) yeah i get that yeah and i'm just like "Ah, i don't want to do that (laughs) um but yeah all right (laughs) all right well, it's time. It is officially time for the top 10 albums of 2020 from your boys. And Trent, we're going to take it right back out to you. Let's hear what you got. Right. Say, starting at number 10. We have an album that I forgot about. Oh, um, But like I said, when I was going back and really just looking at the year, um, I was happy that I could put this album on here. Uh, we're going Stand Atlantic's Pink Elephant. Ooh, okay. nice. Um, That's an honorable mention. I... Really? Mm-hmm. It's in there, wow. at least. It was a solid album, and I forgot how much that I really loved this album uh, until I went back and listened to it, because I, I remember saying, like, this should be the new, like, alternative sound, because it really was, like... That is alternative. That's really good alt rock stuff, um, and you don't hear a lot of stuff like that. Where like you know, it's got a weird vibe to it, but it fucking works, and I love it. 
Because, mm-hmm. um, you know, everyone everyone puts their own twist on things. And, you know, like like we said previously, everybody also has a bias. Um, so if you're, if you're like, oh, I don't really like that sound, but the person making it was like, yeah, let's fucking do this sound. Like, coming from us, uh, just having, a, you know, a big appreciation for music, I can, on that level, be like, yeah, I can see, you know, what they were doing with this, and I really fuck with it. Um, but yeah, I remember I gave it a, a, that was like a good 10 out of 10 that I gave this album, uh, just because it was, it was new. It was different. Um, and I, I'm sad that I forgot about it cause it's a fucking banger. <laughs> it is. It really is. I went, I went back and listened to it and I was like, dude, I forgot how much this album fucking slaps. And I remember too, for like that week that we did the album review specifically, that was the week for me that like, I loved every single album. Cause like that was that one that was the yeah. destruction. Um, Dominic Fike misery signals on there. A couple of those. Uh, I forget. Yeah. I think I had, two, I had two top tens that week. Mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. No, yeah, San Atlantic, fucking awesome. Uh, at number nine, we have Future's High Off Life. Um, I love Future. High Off Life was a great album. Uh, I've talked about Solitaires before. That was on my top ten songs. Solid fucking song. Um, you got the song, you know, what is it called? Fuck, I can't remember what the hell it's called. But Life is Good, that's what it's called. Life is Good with Drake. Um, and then you have the other one with... Who the heck is it with? I can't, there's a bunch of people on it. Uh, to Baby and Lil Baby uh, at the end of the album. But no, honestly, in all, really loved this album. Uh, it's future. You get the meme of him with the fucking, you know, his hands up <laughs> as the fucking title. And I, re- I figured out that was a meme uh, with like future fans of him doing that. And then he put it on the album. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, that was kind of funny. Um, but no, overall, album was solid. Um, you know everybody who knows future or likes future you know he never he's never done a bad job i don't think um i've always liked uh his style of you know newer rap stuff and he's got a lot of good features on this album you know Lozy, um drake travis young dog um Meek mill um and it's just yeah it's just it's a solid album for this year for uh for rap uh number eight you're going with Ghost Mains Anti Icon. Yes. Uh, had to put this one on here because, fuck, man, <laughs> something about doom metal really just literally. <laughs> uh, I'm a sucker for doom metal, and to put it with rap. Ghost Mane did an amazing job. I'm sad that I never really like heard of Ghost Mane before this because, fuck, dude, my freshman year would have been lit. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I, I feel that too. Yeah. Um, but no, I we've talked so much about this album because it's so fucking solid. Um, the first half, absolute bangers. Um, Vagabond, Lazarado, Sacrilege, AI, Fat Up, like all fucking amazing. You really get the doom metal and rap mix, and it's so good. And then after Winds of Change, you know, you get that slower stuff like antisocial, masochistic rage, melancholic. Um, it's just really, really a good change for the album. And overall, the album so fucking good. Uh, at this point, if you have not listened to the Ghost Wayne album, it's like when I talk about the Ghost Inside. Have you really listened to this podcast? <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> but no, I 
Anti-Icon, solid album. I'm sad that it had to get an eight because I really love it, but there's a lot of other albums on here that I'm like, damn. And that's why I say making a Thompson album list is hard because there's a lot of albums that we really love. Um, and I really hate to like say that Ghostman gets an eight, but there's so many other albums I really just loved more than that one. And it's hard to say. <clears throat> um, I'll take a drink here. Jesus Christ. My, my voice is going to be dead by the end of this. <laughs> <clears throat> Jesus Christ, man. Sorry. Number seven, Testaments, Titans of Creation. Another one that I'm sad I did not get the fucking vinyl for because uh, I had the limited edition splatter one that I really, really wanted. Um, but I've always loved Testament. It's Thrash. I fucking love Thrash. Sucker for Thrash. Uh, and Titans of Creation overall was an amazing album, and I'm glad uh, that I could say that I wanted us to review this album because I, it really deserves a number seven spot because it really was a hard hitting. You know, it's it's a it was a good year um, for stuff like this for Dash. You know, whether it be Warbringer or anything else, um, but so many good songs. The bass work on this album is fucking amazing. You know, like Kota Hammurabi. Um, Ishtar's and Gate. Don't forget us. Yeah, dude, Ishtar's yeah. Gate's like fucking awesome. Yeah, solid song. Everything about this album, the bass work, uh, Sebastian and I could do five episodes about it, really. Um, it was overall an amazing album, and I feel like Testament did a really good fucking job with it. Um, like, Ishtar's Gate is probably like my favorite song off of this album or curse of osiris i really just love them um yeah it's it's testament it's thrash I'll fucking listen to it uh, <laughs> uh number six we are going with deftones ohms yes. um yeah this album was a little bit higher on my list than i thought um because i thought i thought it was gonna get beat out by like testament or something i even ghost main but um, I really just, I really enjoyed this album and I, I, I more or so put it up because of Nate. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I knew if it, it I knew it was going to go on my top 10 album list because it was, it was a good change for me. Um, from a music standpoint of me really just shitting on Deftones in my early years because it wasn't what I was listening to. And how dare you. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, how dare I. And I still have not listened to White Bone. <laughs> now he's going to ask it again. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I know. I said it before. I'll say it again. I don't know if I'll go listen to White Pony. I more than likely will. I, you know, that'll probably be what I do. I'll probably listen to Taylor Swift and then White Pony uh, in my off time uh, after Christmas. Dude. Um, yeah, Deftones Ohms fucking solid it's honestly radiant city and uh god it's a weird song i can't remember it's talking about jesus or something oh i, can't remember what I know what you're talking about um pompeji that's what it is you mean pompeji yeah it's pompeji is that pompeji Pompe? there's a j in it <laughs> is there a j in it i don't know if i noticed that a, yeah there's a j in it <laughs> that's so weird wait 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 a minute wait a minute wait a minute that is how Pom. Oh no, that's not. What the fuck is that? Then I always thought it was Pompeii. That's so weird. 
I guess it is Pompeji. Oh, well. I don't know. It might be. I don't know. Whatever. Whatever the song is, it's good. Um, I love how it starts off slow, and then you know the chorus, the the distortion on this entire album is so cool. Honestly, if I could make a song with like that sort of just like that exact distortion, I would love it. Um, and I know, you know, coming from an instrumental standpoint, uh, you everyone's always like, well, you don't need this, this, and this to get that sound. It's like, well, I mean, you, you have your own sound, but the fucking distortion is sick on this album. You can't deny. Um, and then, yeah, Radiant City, obviously, um, coming from a bass is fucking amazing. Uh, but the album overall, you know, title track, everything was it really really surprised me that i love this album as much as i did because it's deftones and i'm me <laughs> um but yeah there you go nate i satisfied you <laughs> yay <laughs> <laughs> um moving on top five at number five we have the path by fit for a king mm. Uh, a band I'm really sad that I slept on because this album was so fucking good. Um, I really couldn't have asked for another, you know, a heavy album like this this year because this was perfect. It really was. Um, and I, I went back and listened to other Fit for King stuff. Like Nate and I talked about the Death Grip album um, and how that album is fucking solid. Like, oh. And I'm... I'm Looking back at it now, I made jokes about Fit for a King when I was younger. <laughs> you know, like sophomore year when I was still in like the thrash phase. Um, but no, this album overall, really fucking solid. Got a Fire, amazing, you know, with Rio, Louder Voice. Louder Voice is all that really hits hard um, because the little intro of it, um, you know, you have two voices that define you in love and or fear and love. Uh, the one you listen to will shape you. The one you listen to, or the one you don't listen to, will fade away. It's like, you know, wow, like that. That song for me is kind of like you know the uh, aftermath because uh, of those little snippets. Um, but no, overall, the path, amazing song. Prophet, actually, I played a, I played a song at work. Oof, that was a bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> um, because you know it talks about God and everything. Um, <clears throat> but no, overall, Fit for a King did a fucking amazing job with this, you know, instrumentally, vocally even. Vocally, it was, you know, it still amazes me, um, especially for, like, God of Fire, because that's, like, whoo, a heavy song. Uh, I could never do those vocals because I, my throat is shit. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, Fit for a King, The Path definitely deserves number five because it's fucking good. Uh, number four, who didn't see this one coming? Carnivore by Body Count. What? <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah. Oh, I have a body count. Um, oh, we I got uh, a body count. We <laughs> got a body count. Oh, Carnivore, fucking solid album. Like, you can't even tell me it's not, because fucking iced tea. I'm like, come on. <laughs> um, the cover of Ace of Spades, V Critical Beatdown, um, the Six in the Morning unreleased demo, you know, Riley Gale, Jamie Jasson, Leon, this album. I always love Body Count, and this album is a perfect example of why, because 
you know, whenever I tell somebody, um, you know, who likes hip hop and rap and stuff that I'm like, Oh, yo, you ever heard about ice T's metal band? They're like, I see as a metal band. What the fuck? Mm. I show them they're like, yo, this is so like, different than what they're listening to. And you know, it really opens their eyes at like people can do, you know, two different things and nobody knows about it. And like, this is a perfect example of that. And that's why I love body count is mostly because ice T went, fuck it. We're in new metal. And it fucking worked out perfectly. And this album uh, was really good. And actually surprisingly, my brother uh, didn't mind this album too much. Um, we we both love body count, but he more, me more than him because um, he you know he sticks to his '80s roots mostly. Um, but no, Carnivore, fucking solid album. Uh, I love the bass work um, on most body count things um, because you know it definitely has like an '80s '90s kind of metal feel to it, and it really resonates with me and how I play. So. Uh, at going moving on to the top three, this was the one I changed, and this is interesting because oh. this album took the spot of Future Nostalgia. Oh, that's right. Future Nostalgia is not on my top ten. Um, uh, I was debating that one too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Compared as, to every. Yeah, compared to everything else, I was like, as much as we talk about Future Nostalgia, and I'm not saying Future Nostalgia is a bad album. It's a fucking amazing album. It's still in my top but, 20. Oh, definitely in my top 20. Hell yeah. If I didn't, if I did not pick Sater, Shoreline Mafia, or Acacia Strain, it would, the Future Nostalgia would have been in there. Um, but there was an album that uh, I really just loved more than it. Uh, and that was Lamb of God's self-title. Oh. Okay. Um, yeah, I, that one's really good. It is very good. And I another one that I I think I said, hey, we should do that. Um, because I did not like Lamb of God until I saw them live uh, with Slayer, Behemoth, Testament, and Lamb of God. I really just went for Testament and Behemoth for that concert. And I wound up fucking loving Lamb of God. Um, just because... <laughs> I hated Lamb of God because of a buddy of ours, Vince, that used to fucking dog on him. It was hilarious. Um, Sebastian, you remember any of that shit? Every man. No dog. dog. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that oh, fuck. What, I can't remember what. I can't remember what he was. What song he was messing with then? But no. I I don't know either because it's just so like deep. Yeah. Like, God, every time you'd say that, I'm like, oh, like meme out with Lamb of God. More yeah, I, that was the thing. Oh, it was laid to rest. It was the intro laid to rest. It's all. <laughs> um, but no, the self title is is amazing. Jamie Jaster and Chuck Billy, amazing features on this album. Uh. Memento Mori as the first single was a very hard-hitting single for Lamb of God. And that song, uh, when I heard it, I was like, fuck, I cannot wait for this album. Because uh, I don't know if he... I don't know whose voice he used for, like, the little girl, but that was a really cool intro um, with, like, a little, like, slow intro. And trying to play that intro on guitar is fucking hard. It is so hard. I tried it. I cannot do it. Um... But no, nah, Lamb of God. This year, this album really like made me like the Lamb of God, um, because this album as a whole was fucking solid. Uh, Gears, 
solid song. Uh, the one with Chuck Billy, Roots, really good. The whole album overall, fucking amazing. Lamb of God did an amazing job with this. Um, and I'm, I'm glad that I could put them up there because I, as much as, again, as much as we love Future Nostalgia, I really didn't listen to it that much afterwards. I listened to all these albums more than I listened to that one. Um, and I didn't really get into Future Nostalgia. Like, we obviously then I did. But like more towards the end of the year this year is when I really got back into it. When I, you know, started to look more and like, oh shit, we got to do a top ten here. Um, and it just trust me, none of this changes my top ten song. My top ten songs are still the same um, because I still love "Break My Heart." It's still a fucking solid song. Mm-hmm. So, um, moving into one and two, we all know number two, "A Version's Crown." Hell will come for us all. Fucking solid album. We all knew it was coming for me because this album's fucking solid. I'm against. I really thank Nate for showing me this band um, because I would have never listened to him if it wasn't for him uh, saying, hey, we're going to do this fucking album. And I looked at it and I was like, Jesus Christ, this is metalcore. (laughs) Deathcore, bro. (laughs) It's some sort of core. It's a core kid. Um, it's a core kids. Yeah, and I, I mean, shit, I got the fucking album on vinyl because it was so cool. Mm-hmm. Um, this is actually one I'm really happy. At. I'm never gonna play this album probably because I just love the fucking variant on it. It's so cool. Um, the soil solid start to the album. Uh, title track Hello Come for Soul, obviously a fucking banger. Um, the instrumental work on this album is honestly unmatched to anything that I've heard from, you know, a core standpoint. Like, it, it's different, which is what I love about it. Um, because as much as we shit on the core community, because it's a good meme, too, um, this this is a different album. And I think uh, the new thing really, you know, changed a lot. It was really fucking good. Um, I still haven't gone back and listened to the old stuff, but I added to my list of shit to do. My long list of shit to do for music. <laughs> um, but no, I've, I've talked a lot about this album. A lot about this album. So. Uh, my number one spot, can anybody guess? Uh, Changes by Justin Bieber. <laughs> <laughs> my number one spot, The Ghost Inside by The Ghost Inside. We all knew it was coming. Because it's the um, ghost inside. Because <laughs> it's the ghost inside. Another one that I had to thank Nate for because I don't think I ever would have listened to this one. And I have recommended this album to a lot of people. Um, be- mostly because of Aftermath, the last one. Oh, as we know, that song I fucking love. Talking about it hella uh, during my top 10 songs. But this album overall, now that it gets talked about the entire album, Really, after you know the six seven year gap, solid. Um, you know it's almost it's all only forty minutes, but damn, uh, it really just really hits hard, you know, because you can you I love albums where I can feel what was going on during recording, um, and it really just it's it's a hitting home album, um, because you know everyone goes through shit in life and that's a perfect example of that you know was it the drummer 
that got in that accident. Well, they all did, but like I think he's the one who suffered the most. Where I he, suffered the most, yeah. He yeah. lost his leg. I'm pretty sure. Lost his leg, yeah. And it's like, you know, we all go through shit in life. Life fucking sucks, but we powered through it. Put on aftermath, power through it, cry a <laughs> right. little bit, go through life. Listen to this album. Uh, I hope that I can get the vinyl for this someday. I don't know. I know there's a bunch of vinyl sales going on, but I got other stuff I got to do with money. But this album overall is my favorite of 2020 because it was so amazing. And Nate, I love you so much that you showed this to us because you. you honestly made my year with this album. Oh, good. If I would, have, hey. if I would not have listen to this album testament probably would have been number one because the thrash boys gotta have the thrash because the thrash boys yeah and i know <laughs> as much as i talked about the warbringer album the warbringer album was not on my honorable mentions that i mentioned but it is top 20 um because it was also really good and warbringer probably it would honestly my top 10 list would have been really different it probably would have been like testament warbringer um the one that sebastian mentioned i can't remember right now for his honorable mentions but yeah, that is my top ten. Everybody knew the Ghost Inside and the Versions Crown were coming. <laughs> Threw that little little slip in there. Dua Lipa not being in there. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Good shit. All right, Sebastian, what is your top ten list? So, uh, my top ten is actually it's it's pretty similar to my top ten songs. A lot of the same artists and whatnot, but I feel like there mm. are some pretty uh, interesting, you know, albums on here that I don't think many people would expect. Um, so yeah, I have I don't really have a particular order of it. Um, I'm gonna get this out of the way. You know, Afterburner is my favorite album. We've talked about it enough. That's all I'm gonna say. Dance, <laughs> Gavin, Dance. You know, it's great. Listen to it if you haven't. Uh, and then another one I'm gonna go briefly into uh, is RTJ4 by Run the Jewels. Uh, I think RTJ4 is one of their best albums, period. Uh, it just brings a lot of social issues to the limelight, especially in the Run the Jewels format. And uh, the lyricism is just on fire. The companionship between between LP and uh, Killer Mike is just unfathomable, and it's it's perfect all throughout. Uh, you know, yeah, it's amazing. Uh, and the next one, going into the ones I will talk about more, uh, I have A Marionette Sunset on This Generation. I know we interviewed them, so there might be a little bit of a bias here, but I genuinely just really fucking like this album. Um, you know, Izzy's voice for a lot of the songs and mixes on here is just perfect. It reminds me a lot if, if Michael Jackson decided to just go harder with his music that's the best way i can describe it just with how delicately placed these vocal notes are and um just how awesome like the post-hardcore kind of uh instrumentals work with it you know they have a lot of different sounds on here they even go a little bit of like a funkier route with some of the tracks i just I honestly think there's really nothing wrong with this album, honestly. Uh, you know, all the albums that you'll see on here are pretty much 10 out of 10s in my book for me. And I just 
really fucking enjoyed it, honestly. Like, it's a new coming, not a new coming band overall, but up and coming, I can definitely say. And to think that they became one of my top 10 this year, I definitely can say, like, you know, I, I'll be a big fan for, for now on. You know, I, I'm looking forward to their next release. Um, going next is Joji's Nectar. Um, <laughs> yeah, like, going going back to it, I was like, shit, I like almost every song on here. And, yeah, I've just been in such a huge Joji kick lately that this album is definitely the starting point, the catalyst, but you got songs that are just absolutely beautiful, like Ew. Um, <laughs> I, I love the soaring falsettos on it as well. I mean, like, Sanctuary has such a light, delicate vocal mixture, but also some really nice baritone vocals on top of that. You know, the string orchestral segments are amazing to listen to. The mix is just great all throughout. And not to mention just how much George has been, you know, uh, getting better with his singing throughout these albums from ballads to this. And uh, I just can't wait to hear more, honestly. Joji has been such a huge up-and-coming talent. And, you know, I'm not the first to say it, but I will say that he might be a huge, huge part of the 2020s. Uh, I'll just predict that now hopefully but yeah I, I think he's gonna go pretty big here in the next couple of years and you know this album definitely is the proving point that this man is an artist not just a memer anymore you know um, for sure yeah what, wait like, you, I, wait what spot did he have i i went to go take a piss oh <laughs> i don't i i don't have this in a particular order like, okay. I, i'm just yeah these are just you know, I have a number one, which is, you know, Afterburner, and then number two, I guess, would be RTJ4, you know, so I, I have both of those, like, number one and number two, but the rest of these can interchange, so I don't really want to, like, put them in a set 10 through, like, you know, 10 through 3 spot. Yeah, I gotcha. But uh, next up, we have a, a prog metal uh, album being... Protest the Heroes palimpsest. I really, really like this album. And the reason for it is just, I, I just fucking love the singer. Um, there's so many other great parts of this album, like the bass and guitar and drum work. They all very much have great chemistry along with the vocals. But the man's voice is incredible. Absolutely incredible. One minute he's going into these like very straining screaming parts that just they sound very post hardcore. I know I've been saying post hardcore a lot today, but it's a huge it's a huge factor. Let me just say, like I just love the intensity of the screaming vocals and that kind of genre. So that's all I'll say with that. But with Protest the Heroes Palum set, I just there's just so many great parts, and not to mention the uh, just the vibe that gets off gives off is just awesome like i i feel very uh gallant by the end of this you know um you can even put this album into like even power metal categories with some of the features and cuts but yeah like this this album is just awesome honestly um 
it just it has pretty much everything I look for in a modern day prog metal and metal group pretty much uh, going from there we have Tame Impala's The Slow Rush hmm. I really really enjoyed this especially after a good friend of mine explained to me how this album made him feel if that makes sense I have a good friend of mine who listens to this album daily kind of like I did with Igor last year um, and they always talk about how this album is basically the progress of time you know it talks about the seasons it talks about just how time moves and it goes slow it goes fast you know in between and not to mention Tame Impala is just one guy and I just noticing all just going into all these alone it just it just kept making me wanting to listen to it more honestly I found myself just in awe of just how beautiful this album is you know going through all the cuts and um, the mixing I just I don't know I really really enjoy this uh, you know I haven't really been much of a Tame Impala fan up to this point but going from this album honestly I I can say that this has opened up a new light for me as far as they go or he goes for that matter um, yeah honestly I, I I think this is to me this is my Kid Cudi album uh, for like if you compare me to like Nate or whatever with this like this is the album that kind of came up to me last minute in my mind space and completely took away some other bands that I kept mentioning throughout the year so I you know I'm, I'm gonna give some credit where credit is due and say this album is just a masterpiece overall um, next up we have an R&B album with Victoria Monet's Jaguar I already went pretty in depth with this album plenty of times so um, all I will say is just I think it's a sexy album and I think it is provocative done right That's all I gotta say Sorry, Megan, but if you want to stop sexy, stop sounding like Yikes. Um, But after that, we have Future Nostalgia by Dua Lipa. Of course, the infectious grooves, the 70s sound, uh, Dua Lipa's voice, what's not to love. The bass work is just phenomenal, as Trent and I will tell you. Uh, it's just beautiful all over. And honestly, Dua Lipa became one of my new favorite artists of the 2010s. Um going from there we have Marilyn Manson's We Are Chaos so <laughs> funny story I gave this album originally like a 7 or 8 out of 10 I think or a 9 I know it wasn't a 10 out of 10 and I didn't really like certain parts of this album but going back into it and maybe or may not maybe being on some mushrooms I kind <laughs> of discovered a very new kind of take for this album it, I, I literally felt like I was listening to David Bowie when I was listening to this album, and all the all the likability that people have towards David Bowie, I felt with this. You know, I've never been much of a Bowie fan throughout the years, but I can see the I I can see the aesthetic now, but through Marilyn Manson, if that makes any at all. I I don't know. It's it's mushrooms. They do weird things to you, but um. Yeah. Bro, I wish I was there. <laughs> I sat there listening to this album for like I don't know how long 
it was. Like, I listened to it twice in a row because I, I didn't realize I had it on repeat. Um, because I was like, man, this album's a lot longer than <laughs> like two and a half times before I realized, wait, I already heard this song. And um, yeah, I went on a transcendental journey with it, and I was like, on yeah, it was it was it was interesting. And I had a uh, I had like a nice like purple light in the background, and I just sat there and sat there and drawed and just opened up my mind for a bit, and it really really gave me a lot of just whimsical and euphoric feeling and not to mention just i don't know this album just connected with me unlike any other this year and i just i don't know man i i think i just get it i i, I get marilyn manson now i used to not be the biggest fan but now i i get it 100 percent uh and then last up we have another group that i have just been in love with this year mystery skulls now or never oh okay i remember doing um, that one yeah this yeah i i mentioned this one to the boys and we reviewed it uh i don't i think it was back in like april or march I, was I it the like, fucky one which one was it the fucky one <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm which fucky one <laughs> Hold on, I have something about mystery cells. Hold on. It wasn't actually that far back though, Sebastian. I think it was like in the like May or June even. That was July. July. It was, oh, it was ju July. okay. So it was okay. July. Yeah, it was the summer. I thought. Yeah, because I I my notes were for July eleventh. I love how um, I also put the date on all of my notes, and yet I still couldn't remember when we were. <laughs> But <laughs> with uh, ADHD aside, my my viewing on this album has only gone up since last time. Cuts like Last Casket, Now or Never, the title track, and uh, even um, the name's escaping me now. But needless to say, Mystery Skulls is a one-man project as well, and I just love it. It's the closest I can get to EDM and dance electronic music without kind of dismissing it and i just i just love it honestly i i don't really have much to say about it and i'm sorry for being very brief with these but i, I didn't really want to go too far into them because we already did reviews with all of them but yeah this one was huge definitely a big one mystery skulls overall became one of my favorite bands this year uh it actually ranked in my top five artists on Spotify, and that usually wow. doesn't change very much throughout the years. For some reason, Metallica was also on there, and I'm like, I, I don't remember listening to this year. But whatever. Dude, the spot okay, Spotify rap was really whack this year. I don't understand it. Yeah, it's like you discovered like 927 new genres. I'm like, wait, do I not usually listen to that many? Like this is a subgenre of a yeah. subgenre of the subgenre that you listen to. What is it? Uh, you're listening to contemporary acid jazz followed by uh, adult contemporary acid jazz and then uh, funk and core. Um, funk and core. Oh, so, oh, so you're listening to Bliss on Mushrooms. Got it, got it, got it. Yeah, but it's it's interesting, needless to say. And um, yeah, Mystery Skulls, all I got to say is just give them more attention, honestly. It's a one-man project. It's a passion project, just like Tame Paula. And this guy just, just has an amazing talent um you know the electronic side of things i i deeply like it you know i'm not a big edm person you know you'll hear that from me many times with you know tracks like a thousand gex and whatnot but i 
really, really like this. It's it's calm enough for even a normie like me will enjoy. All right, good shit. And is that is that your list? Yeah, that's that's my list overall. All right, good shit. Oh wait, wait, I, I forgot. Uh, favorite cut of the year, Headstrong by Trap. Oh my god. Um, no. No, he did it. <laughs> he did the thing. <laughs> All right. So my top 10 album of the year. Top 10 albums of the year. Uh, for my list, I'd usually try to, like, pick out an album from each genre. You know, each individual one. Or, like, something that doesn't sound like another album within the already within the top 10 list already so yeah just gonna base it off of that one so number 10 for me i have heaven shell burns of truth and sacrifice out of all the metal albums this year uh in the metalcore and deathcore genres this was definitely my favorite one within the core community it was definitely a longer one but like every track just hit so hard and it was so fucking good and it even had like the one of the uh the oddball tracks that was oh my god what's it called La, La Resistance that had like this very a beat electronic EDM-y kind of sound to it where it was really like ravey kind of music and it was just so fucking cool to have that on the album uh but aside from that yeah super heavy super fun definitely had to include that in my top 10 number nine I have Jesse Ware What's Your Pleasure which was like very different from uh like what you both of you had even talked about with this one because it's like I, I was the only one that like really enjoyed this album I think out of the three of us and like it was just so it was another one of those like uh 80s 70s kind of like pop tunes and everything in the modern day which I know Sebastian I know you said like you're not really too much of a fan of you're kind of sick of it but um yeah this one was just like perfect to me too is so much fun it pr pretty sexual at times too which like i mean that's kind of like the theme of this album but it it works with her like jesse Ware. i know her earlier stuff is nothing like this but i'm glad that she was able to create a sound that like could put her even more on the map than she already was because she had like a one-hit wonder before that's got like over 100 million streams i don't even know the song or what it even sounded like but apparently it's it exists so yeah What's your pleasure? Solid album. Next on my number eight, I have Childish Gambino's 31520. Easily the best Gambino album uh, in a while, I'd say, personally. I mean, this is my number two of uh, best Gambino albums, with number one being Camp, because, of course, Camp is God tier. Oh. Mm -hmm. but i mean i i still of course like awaken my love and because the internet but and even the um oh my god what is that ep called the kwani i want to say something like that i gotta look it up yeah i know it has, Kawhi. Uh, sober yeah yeah sober on there and uh feel good yeah it's that's a good ep it's a solid ep but yeah this album was just so impressive of him and it's very it's once again very pretty experimental, like most of this stuff has been lately, but it, it works. It's super great album. Loved it. Number seven, Ghost Main Anti-Icon. How could you not? Easily one of the most Hell yeah. interesting metal albums of this year. With the blend, Like Trent was saying, the blend of trap and doom metal and like all that combined, the first half of the album being like pretty super heavy well not super heavy i should say but like heavier than the second half since the second half is way more like industrial sounding but yeah this album definitely his best in his career yet 
Number six. I mean, hey, oh. all I want to say is it all started when I, you know. It all uh number six yes hundredth somewhere nowhere hundredth put out this excellent very trippy alternative album that blew my mind that it was still super good because last year or i'm sorry no, no no their last album from 2017 i know i mentioned was my album of the year rare was the album that one was perfect from the first track to the last like not a single song was bad it was beautiful this one it took me a couple listens but even with that i still found a lot of enjoyment from this album i love the aesthetic that comes off it the album cover with the frog is super trippy and fun uh the singles leading up to it were awesome they had like an ep that they came out with before this album that had like four of the songs that were already on this album but all those were super solid yeah it's a great track and easily their second best album and it just still amazes me because this is the same band that started out as a hardcore band for like their first three maybe four albums and then after that they're like fuck it let's switch the genre up because <laughs> they actually just hated playing hardcore and i respect that you know like they actually wanted to do something different so yeah good shit so now we're moving on now to my top five with number five being purity rings womb i'm pretty sure this album has stayed either at like uh five or six even throughout the year since i heard it because it's it's so good it is their best album as well this one they just like continue doing what they do best with their electronic sound to it very atmospheric on this one it definitely has winter vibes even too even just based on looking at the album cover for me personally super good love the album everything about it was incredible going on then to number four we have the weekends after hours the moment i fucking heard this album i just knew it was gonna be in my top 10 you got all the big radio hits you got all the smaller hits that are on the album some of the more obscure ones the whole album is a beautiful story told from the weekend abel here and oh i i can't stress enough how good that this album is this is easily the best like pop r&b album of 2020 i fucking bullshit he got snubbed out of the grammys i mean can't stress that enough but i mean hey everyone knows that this album was super solid anyway so as long as the people know i think that's all that's important but moving on now to number three deftones ohms of course the deftones album is going to make my top 10 and of course it's going to be in my top five albeit i mean shit this album is such a step up from their last album gore which came out in 2016 and like I, well, that album wasn't bad. It's still, like, to the community, like, the the worst, quote-unquote, Deftones album just because of how, like, I don't know. People tend to call it, like, boring and bland. I mean, I know what, they, I know what they're talking about, but I still enjoyed it. It was just a slower Deftones album, you know? But this one, they're just kicking it back. They're, like, bringing influences from all other older albums of theirs, from Around the Fur to White Pony and even from, like, Koino Yokan and Diamond Eyes. And I'd still hear some su- stuff that sounds like it would belong on, like, a Gore B-Sides or even the Gore album in general. But, yeah, it's a great album. Everything about it. Genesis, the opening track, one of the heaviest Steptone songs I've heard in a minute in its entirety, albeit. Because on Gore, the title track of that was it had a part that was heavy. And I guess the chorus was kind of heavy, too. But, like, it was very distorted screams and everything that's just kind of like... I mean, it's heavy, it's cool, but 
Genesis does it justice for sure. Number two, it's gonna, this is what I was talking about the, the shift, uh, dance game and dance afterburner. I had to put that on number two. Uh, I originally my album of the year. This album was still once again dance game and dance doing what they do best with their experimental sound still kicking it still doing something different with each album i mean we've sebastian and i have praised this over the year you know it's it's a banger i don't even have to say more about it it's his album of the year you get it but my album of the year as i was teasing earlier kid cutty man on the moon three the chosen i had to put it at album of the year i could not not put it on album of the year it was such a good album for me it was such a great experience for me everything about it was incredible i yeah i gave my review about it earlier that's all you got to hear about it it was mwah, impeccable as i had put it on my snap story such a good album it's it's so surprising to hear because it's literally an album that you what you listen to this week and like we've said it before that like even though when we did like our our songs at the beginning like there's probably going to be an album or two that really changes uh how we think of the year and there's a whole change right here of album of the year i know i know i didn't expect it either i genuinely did not expect to go into this album and think yep this is album of the year or it's even going to make my top 10 you know but yeah it yeah it it hit me differently it hit me differently than most uh people did it was quite the ride listening to it. And I still even – like even going back still because I couldn't just listen to it once and be like album of the year right away because, I mean, like I yeah. gave it a couple more listens. But even then I was like I'm vibing. I'm having a good time. And I, I didn't get bored with it either. There wasn't a song on there where I was like uh, this could go on a little bit more, a little faster. But no, this one, everything about it was, it was great. Album of the year, Kid Cudi Man on the Moon 3. But there you have it. That is our top 10 albums of 2020. This is quite a year, you know? This is quite a year for not only albums, but, like, the music corner itself. You know what I mean? Like, we started this in February, and we've we've grown more than I thought we would in the span of, like, less than a year, even, you know? So, uh, yeah, like, thank you, everybody, for listening in and everything, uh, and continuing to... Uh, support us in any way you can by listening but yeah that's gonna conclude the episode i think unless you boys want to add anything else uh i just want to say thank you uh to literally everybody uh because um it's always been my dream and i believe all of our dreams to be able to talk about music oh yeah. uh, because i mean it's it's something that we love uh and if i didn't have music i honestly don't think that i could live because, uh, I mean, I have two bases, well, one and a half bases, <laughs> if you know me. The um, yeah, the hell base, which I surprisingly still have. It's actually funny. Um, and then, you know, two guitars. Uh, and I, I wanted to get a drum kit um, because, you know, I, I love music. Music has been a part of my life since the day I was fucking born. Um, I can remember back when I was three years old in my dad's car the first time, you know, hearing Black Dog by Led Zeppelin or Wake Me Up When Some Tabor Ends by Green Day and like, or in my mom's car listening to Prince or Duran Duran and music has always been a part of my life and I'm glad that I, you know, get to share it with everybody around the world. 
uh, and you know tell you guys what we think of the albums. And we, you know, even though it's it's an opinion on what we think of it, you might like the album, but it's mostly just to get everything out there because I didn't never fucking knew Stand Atlantic was a thing, and here <laughs> I am, Stand Atlantic's on my top ten, like. And, you know, even for me, it's it's amazing how I can literally before we start recording, an hour before we start recording, I go, yo, Stan Atlantic, forgot about that one. That one's going on there. Right. Like, we listen to so much stuff, and it, it really amazes me how over the course of a year, like Nate said, like, that we've grown over the course of a year. And I really just want to thank everybody um, for listening and really just making this what um, what I wanted it to be. Uh, and honestly, I didn't. I thought I was gonna have a one-time thing back on episode five or episode three, and then me being brought in on episode five. Um, it really just it was, it was good. I remember. Uh, <laughs> I never told you guys this, but when you when you guys asked me to be on that one episode, and then uh, Shazad and you guys talk, and you're like, "Yeah, we want you on full time." Like, I I think I shed a tear because I was like Aww. actually really happy that I was like you know, going to be on it. Um, and it was, it was glad to hear. So yeah, we're glad you were yeah, able I to join want us. To thank everybody. Yeah. So thank everybody. Um, everybody that we had a guest on this year. Um, yes. The you know, bands all the opportunities we've had. we had interviews, everything like that. It's been an amazing opportunity, uh, to be able to, to do that. Um, and yeah, with Christmas right around the corner, um, this is pretty much my gift is being able to do this uh, as a lifestyle. So, Good shit. Sebastian, anything you want to add? That's my... Well, first of all, investigate 311. Um, <laughs> uh, other than that, you know, I really do enjoy being on this podcast every week and, you know, uh, being able to talk to, you know, uh, co-hosts and Nate and Trent uh, every every week and so and we're all talking about new music and whatnot and honestly this year has opened my eyes and ears to a bunch of new music i never would have wanted to even try to get into at any point like in the last couple of years i mean when did i ever think i was gonna listen to a thousand gex um (laughs) well probably still never after this but um you know i still i still gave it an effort you know uh uh, you know, do a leap for one. I did not expect to have enjoyed that much. You know, all these all these groups just came out of nowhere for me, and there's been so much good. Of course, there's been fair amount of bad. I mean, but those are more from the artists that are still concurrent and not really doing much, and just kind of throwing fodder out because 2020, why not? But other than that, you know, um, you know. I know it's not completely the end of the year yet, but of course I will want to thank uh, Nate and Trent as always for being, uh, you know, fun to talk to every week and still keeping a good conversation going about music. And honestly, the fact that we've been doing this consistently since February is awesome. Honestly, like I've had projects before where I've tried starting, you know, like YouTube stuff and whatnot, where it would just, it would just go whenever and, there would nothing nothing would be consistent but with this like we we have it pretty down pat you know of course there's little improvements that you know all of us can make and whatnot but at the same time for this being our first year i'm pretty happy it's going as smoothly as it has you know mm-hmm. um, you know we've weekly since february and that's that's pretty awesome 
you know we haven't really taken many breaks uh, if not, none not, no breaks at all yeah yeah i was gonna say i don't think we have taken a break um you know but other than that you know i'm very happy and i can't wait to keep going honestly i can't wait for 2021 i can't wait to you know just see how much improvement we've made from this year to even next year and so on and so forth and you know i hope more people uh start reaching out you know i hope this connects to more people and whatnot and obviously you know i i do this more just because it's fun i don't really care about being famous off of it or anything like that i just really really enjoy this a lot you know um i know i get a bit rambly I, i'm gonna try to control that a little bit more i'm gonna start <laughs> i'm gonna start limiting myself on certain aspects and trying to gain footing in my headspace a little bit better while talking because sometimes my adhd kicks in and i get a little bit sidetracked on things or i kind of like misunderstand information i'm like oh this sucked because of this and they're like well this is actually a joke album and i'm like oh never mind <laughs> never mind <laughs> that was the point <laughs> but you know how it is uh yeah overall thank you guys so much and honestly i can't wait for 2021 absolutely yeah thank you everybody for listening in and my boys as always thank you for joining and we will see you guys in the next episode this has been the music corner 5th to 808 and we are signing off